So someone who's really only famous for two things, one of which is switching sides, has allegedly somewhat posthumously switched sides again. And that is supposed to be something of a mortal blow to our movement? Well, that's got to be the fakest fake news the fake news fakers has ever faked. Hello, thank you for checking out our podcast. This is Red All Week, and I am your host. My name is Dave. If you would, please give us a like. Please subscribe and share us with your friends and family. We would be so grateful. Also, if you want to interact with us on the usual networks, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, the username is at writeallweek. Also, you can send us an email if you want at writeallweek at gmail.com. If you want the right answer to any question you might have on your mind, that is the place to do it. Now, for today's conversation, I want to address a documentary that will be coming out today on uh, FX. It's all going to be about uh, Norma McCorvey, whose name was uh, Jane Roe back in the now famous Roe v. Wade case back in 73. Now, just to be upfront, of course, it's, uh, it hasn't actually aired yet. I haven't seen this documentary, so all of what I'm about to say isn't because I've seen it and I'm talking about the documentary yet. I'm really talking about uh, some of the news that's come out in advance or a part of the promotion of this thing because it's made it into the media now. Some of what were being uh, touted as the deathbed confessions from uh, Norma McCorvey saying, okay, well, let's, let's go through the story real quick to see uh, she's someone who was, you know, in her younger years, had some issues with pregnancy and she was pursuing abortion at a time, obviously, before it was uh, presumed to be available through law or there was obviously a bigger stricter rules on it back then. So uh, her name was put on the case that uh, people eventually thought that it gave us a easier access to it as a, because of the findings in that case. Well, then later on, she came out and started to be a, a louder voice during the pro-life movement that happened in the 90s. And then a, a couple of decades later, and now we're finding out after her death in 2017, there's this documentary coming and they're going to have interviews from her in 2017 where she is saying, well, no, actually, I was approached in the 90s and I was a paid activist. They were telling me to say those things. So basically, she was a professional liar and then, you know, tongue in cheek or wink, wink in the interview that is going to be in this documentary. Well, of course, I'm not an acting fist, I'm not acting, I'm not lying now. So that's kind of the message that was trying to propagate. So here's the thing, I just wanna be very upfront about all of it and say, it's all broken science. It doesn't matter. It's, uh, it's completely and totally irrelevant. That's the reason I said it's the fakest fake news, the fake news fakers have ever faked because this, if I can, just without even seeing the documentary, I don't know how much of it they're gonna give you uh, is going to have to do with what her actual life story is. But if she never really had a conversion in the sense of a come to Jesus moment, her personal story is really heartbreaking. She's somebody who struggled as a young person. Her very troubling teens left her parents' care at like 13. And she had uh, you know, trouble with foster care. She had several allegations against other people for sexual assault. Uh, her pregnancy started early. Her first child was born at age 17. You know, so, and the last child was born at age 21. She never actually had the opportunity to take advantage of 
what the whole Roe v. Wade case was trying to pursue. It took three years. Her child was born and gone by the time that was done. She took advantage of the adoption option instead of the abortion option. So, you know, for those of you trying to say that's not an option, it's the option that she took. You know, so, uh, but in her case, you know, the, her personal reputation is not one that would really benefit us because, hey, she's somebody who had like four sexual assaults or rape uh, accusations against other people, none of which actually stuck. And it's on the books in Texas uh, and the law enforcement saying, actually, she reversed her story, withdrew that accusation. It's also a part, it's documented in journalism and both in the 70s and in the 80s where she reversed her story and withdrew the accusation saying that, oh no, actually I wasn't sexually assaulted. Actually, no, I wasn't raped. In fact, one of those times was when she was trying to pursue an abortion through what were the legal options at the time in Texas saying, okay, well, if you were raped, then that would be the way in which you would get it. So she claimed rape, trying to get an abortion in Texas, and then, well, couldn't find the evidence, couldn't provide, couldn't find any proof, and then she kind of had to admit, well, no, actually, I wasn't. So this is not somebody whose reputation we have, has been really good for us. Now, I'm just going to come out and honestly tell you, I think it's actually very likely that this is true, that it's very possible somebody did come to Norma McCorvey at some point and say, hey, we will make you a paid activist for the pro-life movement. And this is something that's probably going to ruffle a lot of feathers because on the pro-life side, we haven't actually pursued uh, the right strategy towards victory. If you're somebody who understands as a Christian biblical worldview, if you're pursuing conservatism from that perspective, then uh, you're going to understand what I'm about to say is totally messed up and totally wrong, okay? Because if Roe v. Wade was the thing that opened up the access, then that's the strategy that many people would look at and say, well, we just need to go back and we need to reverse that, which a lot of people mistakenly assume, okay, well, we just need to go and reverse that decision. That's actually not the key to victory in the United States, to shutting down a perceived right by rule of law that women have a perceived reproductive right to kill babies inside their womb. That's not what happened there. There's no right, there's no law written anywhere in the United States that says you have a right to kill babies in your womb. It's not there. So if a legislator somewhere wrote a law that said, actually, we are going to protect the soon-to-be-born human babies in the womb, that would be the law. And that hasn't been written yet. And if they did write that law, then the judges in the uh, judicial branch, they would then be charged with the responsibility of enforcing that law. But that law doesn't exist yet, and that's the reason why we've gotten it away so far from it. But here's where it gets even grosser, even more disturbing. And I'm disappointed personally that this isn't better known. People on the pro-life movement on our side and, and big names, and I'm not going to name names, but you do your research so that you can know that what I'm saying is true. Big names in the pro-life movement, big names in political parties, GOP and the top of any organization that you could look for, they use this. They know that it is a rallying movement. It brings people to the polls. It brings people to vote. It brings people to conventions. It brings people's money. Look up Big Baby. You're not going to find somebody who's just a whiny brat, who's over-emotional, who gets disturbed and cries about things. No. Big Baby is a huge funding campaign. It's the way that they use to get generate 
funds. And so you wouldn't want to jeopardize one of the biggest rallying forces, one of the best money makers, one of the most dependent, one of the most reliable means by which you use to bring people to the voting booth to make sure that you get the people that you want elected into office, to make sure that you get all of the funding that you want for all of your other projects. No, that's this has actually been one of the problems that we have. And the reason I think most people actually understand reversing Roe versus Wade actually isn't that important. It really wouldn't get us much of anything. Best case scenario just kind of throws things back to the states and then it's going to be like it was during the marriage debate. Some states will do one thing, some states will do another. It'll just be a hodgepodge all over and then you just, you, what, can I move? Can I not move? We won't even know. But that won't solve the national debate for anything. But we could totally solve the national debate if we had enough legislators, enough leaders in positions up there who had conviction, who understood what right is, what wrong is, and what it meant to take that responsibility and actually solve this issue once and forever. But I know that it's not something I'm expecting to see anytime soon because we can't even get them to stop funding one of the greatest offenders, one of the largest murderers of the next generation in this country. We've been funding Planned Parenthood for decades. So we can't even get it. We elect them, send them up there. Oh yeah, we're going to do it. And then we don't. And then we elect them again. We get them up there and then we don't. We elect them and get them up there. And then guess what? Uh, no, we don't. And every time there's a new budget bill, oh gosh, just get on the, we'll just be a little bit more patient. We got to focus on this. We just got to get the right people elected and pro-life is important. Do another march, have another campaign, have another conference, get another, here's another important figure we need to get elected and we'll make sure that we defund them next time and we'll make sure that we write another bill or we have another important court decision, but we haven't ever shut this thing down. Meanwhile, you've got people who want to talk about these things and get another big name. The names don't matter. And Norma McCorvey proves it, okay? Because they went after a big name. What better strategy than to get the person whose name was attached to the original decision? Let's go buy her off. Get her and stand in front of a bunch of people and get everybody rallying around what's now proven to be the wrong strategy. We don't want the wrong strategies. We don't want the less strategy. You want to stand there all day arguing with the other guys about what they use to fight things against us, such as, well, an abuse of the Constitution and using the wrong branch to try to make things happen in this country. That's not how we want to do it. We don't want to play by their rules. We want to play by the right rules. All right. Especially if, again, going back to the Christian biblical perspective. All right. We don't need men sitting here trying to figure out, well, when is it a baby? When is it a life? When does the heart beat and all this other stuff? Come on. Listen, if you're trying to sit there and figure out these things and parse the differences between a fetus and a baby, you are way off base. Okay. Men have been trying to play catch up from the beginning. Let me tell you this. Here's a one that really helps to drive the point home because it's like a, one of my favorite jokes that my father and I used to tell about a scientist when he gets to meet God and he makes the challenge to God. He's like, actually, you know what? We've been such advancements in science. We don't even need you anymore. And God's like, okay, well, let's, let's test that real quick. And so God reaches down and he takes the dust of the earth and he forms a brand new human being right there and says, okay, now's your turn. So the scientist bends down, he's going to grab some dirt. And God says, not so fast, go get your own dirt. So profound this punchline is, go get your own dirt. 
See, we are so busy trying to prove how much we know about things, and we forget where the things originally come from. The great prophet Al Green, nothing from nothing is, comes nothing. See, we forget all these things when we're so busy getting over all the details about the heartbeats and trying to figure out where it goes, and we're forgetting it's the original creator from the beginning. It's not just the stitching and the divine activity in the womb. It's the guy who was the divine transcendent creator from before the beginning who foreknew. So it's way further back than it. By the time you know you're pregnant, ooh, you're playing catch up. So all of these rules, we need to get people who understand this perspective. There's no such thing as a pro-choice, pro-baby-killing, Molex-celebrating Christian. It just doesn't work, okay? If you understand the biblical position, if you understand the God of the Bible, you know he's a pro-life God, and you understand one of the greatest enemies in the Bible from the beginning to the end, and the last one to be defeated in the book of Revelation is death, and we that's who we want to go against. That's who we want to celebrate the Lord and un, be a part of his redemptive plan to put death in the lake of fire. So the whole point of all of this that I'm getting, of course, is that we don't want to get distracted with other unimportant things like, oh, so what Norman McCorvey turned out to be pretty much the same person that she was all of her life. A flip-flopper, a side-switcher, somebody who was really personally interested in herself, just like she was when she was seeking abortions as a young person, just like she was when she was pawning her kids off as a young person. I don't mean to, like, to pick on her because, you know what, it's a really sad story. That's really what it was all along. But it was a really poor decision on our part, anybody who considers themselves pro-life, to try to take somebody who's just a tragic, fallible person and try to put any weight or significant or emphasis on this person and say, hey, we're counting on you to do something for us. No, because the truth hasn't changed. All this stuff that I just mentioned in a moment ago about the God who is pro-life and the reason that the pro-life message is true, those are the things that really matter. So let's not buy into this. It's just a next another message about, oh, you know what? Men can't talk about pro-life stuff because they don't have vaginas. And white women can't talk about it because they aren't black and they don't understand the black message. And the black people can't talk about it because they're Uncle Tom's. You know what? Let's just don't accept any more of their excuses. The truth isn't changed by the circumstances. So... All right, you can go ahead and watch this documentary if you want to, but I'm personally not interested because it hasn't done anything to affect the message. The message is still the message of truth. The message is still the message of life. Behold, I put before you today two choices. You've got life, you've got death, you've got blesses, and you've got cursings. Choose life so that you and your children may live. That is the great choice that's been presented before us since the beginning from God, and that's the choice that we want to continue to make, regardless of what big name comes along and fails us, because you know what? That's what humans do. Except for Jesus, of course. Hey, thank you for watching this video. I hope that uh, you will come back and continue to engage with us right here at Right All Week. I'm Dave, and please come see us again. This is Right All Week where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. <laughs>